Today's episode is sponsored by Liquid IV. I work out every week, so it's important to stay hydrated. Plus, on top of working out, I've got a three-year-old whose favorite after-meal activity is to run laps, like the little psychopath that she is. Clearly, I need all the hydration I can get. That's why I like to use Liquid IV for my workouts and just for my daily drinking. Liquid IV hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. With three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick, it's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. And I mean, yeah, vitamins and electrolytes are nice and all, but what about taste? They've got white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and my favorite, lemon lime. Tastes great to me. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code R slash at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code R slash at liquidiv.com. Welcome to R slash Petty Revenge, where we have some good old-fashioned tree law. Our next Reddit post is from Mags, not Maggie. So, I'm single again after three years. This is relevant because my ex-boyfriend exacted his own petty revenge by cutting down the willow tree where we first kissed. We had ducked under the branches, forming a sort of yellow-green umbrella, almost completely blocking out the rest of the world. It was an incredibly romantic moment, and I think more than anything else, I'm mad at how that was ruined for me by this awful move. I forwarded his text message bragging about it right to the property manager of the fourplex that we lived in. But that's not the petty revenge, or at least not all of it. A couple of weekends later, I saw him out in the garden with a bunch of tools. He had some kind of rototiller thingy that he used to get rid of the stump, a pickaxe, shovels, etc. I later learned that in lieu of being sued and or arrested, the landlord made him clear off the remains of the old tree, excavate the stump, and plant a new willow tree in its place. I assume that he had to pay some money as well, but I have no way to confirm. So, the petty revenge. After an entire day of grinding, picking, digging, hauling dirt, etc., he got pretty mucked up. Being the idiot that he was, he decided to come up to me and ask if he could shower off before leaving. And I said, you can quote me on this, Fuck no. And so my butthole ex had to put his muddy and sweat-covered self into his pristine Dodge Ram something or another pickup truck, which he treats like it's made out of cotton wool and needs to be kept in plastic sleeves like a rare Pokemon card. I watched his lame attempt at putting newspaper down on the seat, only to drop a thousand F-bombs as he noticed the newsprint rubbing off. It didn't make up for the loss of a beautiful tree, or how he poisoned one of the best memories I had of our relationship. But it did help confirm that dumping him was the right decision. This guy has a pickup truck that he's afraid to get dirty. I don't have a truck. I'm not into truck culture. I don't care about trucks. But doesn't that kind of defeat the whole point of having a truck? You know, having a... It's like a rough and tumble utility vehicle that you can do hard work with. So who cares about dirt? <laughs> People in the comments are calling him a pavement princess. Our next Reddit post is from Tiny Skyscraper. My mother-in-law has always been bitter that I took her son away from her. She's the queen of criticizing, and I'm often her number one target. She loves to make me jealous, sending pictures of her new cars, sending pictures of her new house, sending pictures of her designer handbags, etc., saying, Isn't it great that I can afford all this? 
My mother-in-law didn't invite us on vacation last summer. Instead, she invited and paid for her other son, his girlfriend, and the girlfriend's sister to go. She bought them designer souvenirs and sent us pictures every day of their vacation, captioned, I bet you're so jealous. Not three months after she excluded us from her vacation, my parents invited us on their vacation. We accepted. My mother-in-law was furious. Jealousy is not a good look on her. She threw a tantrum, saying that she was losing her little boy and that she wanted to be the best mom in the world. She was so jealous that my mother was getting more attention than her. She cried about how she never sees us and how the two of us have always shown blatant favoritism towards my parents. And the best part? It was at this moment that my significant other decided to tell her that we're moving five hours away to my parents' city. Our next Reddit post is from Snappy the First. About six years ago, my former partner of six years and I broke up, and I started to realize all the things I'd normalized were actually abuse. Gaslighting was all too prevalent. Even one instance where she gaslit me about what gaslighting even was. There was also financial abuse, because she could spend whatever she wanted, but I had to ask for permission. She even limited the time that I spent with my family and my best friend. There was more, but that's enough of that. After we broke up, I realized that money I'd continued to place into our joint account wasn't going to the mortgage as promised. But it was going towards her shopping, paying for her new boyfriend, who it turns out was on the scene months before we split, and wasn't the first, and payments to her lawyer. When I found this out, I called the finance company handling our mortgage and told them that I would no longer be making payments. I told them they could seize the house if they wanted, but my half of the payments would cease immediately until I had recouped the money stolen, roughly five months worth of payments. They said that I couldn't do that. I told them to watch me. Soon after that, when the debt letters and dishonors started, the texts, phone calls, and voicemails from her started. I ignored every one. Two months in, I heard that her car broke down badly because she couldn't afford to maintain it. Not long after that, she filed for bankruptcy. A month later, she moved out and I got my house back. I cleaned it up, changed the locks, got my mortgage back in front, and recently, my wife and I sold it for a tidy little profit. She got nothing. Not a dollar. Not a dime. She has no usable credit rating, and my wife and I are debt-free with a deposit on our new home. Feels good. Wait, OP, you moved out of your mutual house, and your girlfriend-slash-wife, whatever she was, was living there while you were paying the mortgage, and then when you stopped paying the mortgage, she got all uppity with you? Okay, yeah, I definitely understand why you had to separate from this person. Our next Reddit post is from Azamin. I'm a healthy-looking 55-year-old male, but I have a degenerative nerve disorder and ataxia, which means balance issues, so I have a very hard time walking. I pull into a handicapped spot at the grocery store, put my handicap placard up, and get myself out of the car. A very angry person about my age runs up to me screaming about how I'm stealing a handicapped spot from someone who needs it. As he went on, I pulled out my walker and started walking to the store as he continued making a scene. As I walked to the store, a cop who just happened to be there asked what happened. I just told him that some people don't get it, pointed to my walker, and went about my business. About 30 minutes later, I came out of the store and I noticed that guy was getting a field sobriety test. 
<laughs> I sat in my car and watched as he eventually got arrested. Maybe next time he'll keep his mouth shut. Beneath that, we have this story from Overall Links. Never underestimate the stupidity of some people. I offered to take a disabled relative out for the day in their adapted minivan. My relative can't walk, drive, or do anything unaided. We had a good morning. Then, I drove into a restaurant car park for lunch and pulled into a disabled spot near the door. Next, I opened the back door of the car and deployed the hydraulic lift. This is a platform about 5 feet long. I climbed into the back of the minivan and started to take off the strap securing the occupied wheelchair. While doing this, some doofus taps on the window and asked, Are you entitled to use this space? I refuse to offer any explanation beyond pointing to the wheelchair and asking, Well, what do you think? Seriously, what goes through the spongy mass these people use for brains? Our next Reddit post is from Skypercon. Years ago, I used to work as a pharmacy tech for a major retail pharmacy. Occasionally, we'd have to deal with patients who also happen to be doctors who therefore believe they deserve VIP status. These are the kinds of people who think that going to school for a long time means that they should be held at a higher regard compared to other people. This one particular doctor, Dr. Smith, came in one day, and while ringing him up, he balked at the price of the prescription. Typically, prescription copays were an even dollar amount, but this wasn't. Given that this was early in the year and the price was what it was, I suggested that maybe he was seeing his insurance deductible being added into the copay price. This was a typical issue that we would see at the start of every year because many people don't know how their insurance plans work. He insisted this was not his deductible and the insurance must not have been billed. I showed him the confirmation of insurance billing and approval and the price breakdown. He wasn't having it. I said, I'm sorry, Mr. Smith. If you want to call your insurance company to get more information, you can do so, but I can assure you the billing was performed correctly. That's Dr. Smith! You're not my doctor. <laughs> A silence fell in the general vicinity. Pills stopped being counted. Bags stopped being packed. I didn't break eye contact, but his eye contact wavered. I don't know how many times in his life he tried to pull that card on people in situations where being a doctor was completely irrelevant in order to assert some sort of misguided sense of dominance, but he found out that day that it was all an illusion. He pulled out his credit card, paid, mumbled something unintelligible, and left visibly embarrassed. Our next Reddit post is from Bonile. We have a next-door neighbor who does not like us, for no apparent reason. Their home is just a vacation home for them, but we've never said a single word to them or interacted with them ever. They seem to think that we live in an HOA, which we don't. And they call the city code enforcement on us over their perceived shortcomings in our lifestyle. We let our yard pretty much grow wild, whereas theirs is meticulously landscaped and professionally tended. We have six-foot walls between the houses, so they can't see much of anything in our yard without trying. Such as, you know, climbing a ladder to take pictures to send to the city to lodge a complaint. The city investigated, found nothing wrong, and closed the complaint. The last complaint happened a few months ago when we were doing some legally permitted construction. The neighbor calls the city, they come out, and find no issues. Apparently, he was upset with his outcome, and he made more complaints. Of these complaints, only one was valid. 
He complained about our vehicle parked on the street not having a current registration sticker. Parking enforcement came out and put a sticker on my car telling me to fix the problem or move it within three days. Apparently, my current license plate sticker had been scraped off. While I was out front, I noticed my neighbor's new motorhome parked in front of his house. It's illegal in our city to park a motorhome on the street. Normally, I could care less about it, but this seemed like an opportunity that I just couldn't pass up. I asked the parking guy, well, what about that thing? He said there was no complaint about it, so I said, I'm complaining. So I watched as he took pictures and wrote out a parking ticket and tow order. I then watched as, about an hour later, the tow truck eagerly hooked it up and whisked it away to their impound lot. Our next Reddit post is from It's Nick. So, a bit of backstory. A few years ago, a couple bought the house that was two houses up from us on our street. They did renovations for the first couple of months, seven days a week starting at 6 a.m. As annoying as it is being woken up on Sunday mornings by a power saw, my fiancé and I know that if you live near people, you're gonna hear noise, so we just rolled with it. Everything changed after the renovations were finished. The guy went back to work on night shift, and all of a sudden, our street had to be silent during the day so that he could sleep. This self-entitled grunt went to great lengths to get his beauty sleep. He called the cops for noise complaints any chance he got. My hippie neighbors who had their weekly afternoon jam session with acoustic guitars, my Vietnamese neighbors and their god-awful Thursday afternoon karaoke, and then it was my turn. Complaint after complaint went to the council about noise from my dogs and chickens. He would walk to my front fence, wait for my dog to bark at him, record it, and send it to the council. Then, he discovered that my dog was controlled, which means he's not allowed out of my yard without a leash. One day, I left the gate open to bring shopping in, and this douchebag filmed my dog walking three meters out of the yard to my car, sent it to the council, and I received an $800 fine in the mail. That was the last straw. Since I'm a builder, I have access to lots of noisy stuff. Grinders, chainsaws, metal cutoff saws, etc. Since I own my own company, it's not always necessary for me to be on site. So I would wait for him to get home, give him one hour to get comfortable, then began cutting rebar with a two-stroke cutoff saw in my front yard in 50mm sections. It took all of 15 minutes before he burst out of his house with his cranky pants on. I couldn't keep a straight face as I told him that I was quite within my rights to do work around the house during the day, just as he had. Then, I told him that I had weeks of work to do, so I'd better get back to it. The look on his face brought me the purest joy I've ever felt. Then, I'd give him 30 minutes to settle in before I started cutting again. Chainsaws, power saws, didn't matter what I cut because it was all going in the trash can anyways. It only took a couple of weeks before I got bored and ran out of stuff to cut, but in that time, I took every opportunity I could to drive that douchebag to insanity. Our next Reddit post is from Muffin Man. I was on my way to work. I work in an axe-throwing venue. I'm just driving down a straight street near my work. Then, a guy in a massive pickup truck flies out a side street, cutting me off and making me almost T-bone him. Then, he has the nerve to tell me to watch where I was going and called me a butthole and more abuse like I'm the one at fault. I was super tired and a bit shocked, so I didn't have a response as I drove away, but I ended up laughing at the thought of it knowing that I didn't do anything wrong. Anyway, I get to work, and guess who's there? That's right, it's Small Dick Energy Guy. 
I went straight behind the counter and said, Sorry, you can't come in. I've already seen you do something illegal as well as be abusive, which isn't tolerated here. It's a good policy considering we have axes everywhere. He didn't understand until I brought up the car incident. He argued a bit, but in the end, he wasn't allowed in. The whole thing made my morning. Beneath that, we have this story from Throbbing Beef. One time, someone cut me off in the parking lot and flipped me off. Then, came into the office for an interview. She, tr <laughs> she tried to play it off and hope that I didn't recognize her, but I started the interview by smiling at her for a full minute without saying anything. Then, telling her that she could go. No interview was needed. Our next Reddit post is from Konish. I was on holiday in an all-inclusive resort. On our first day, we couldn't find any lounge chairs by the beach or by the sea. That was fair enough. We arrived in the afternoon. The next day, we go to find a spot, but most of the spots were taken by towels. We found an empty seat, and to our surprise, many of the chairs stay reserved almost the whole day or never get used. On the third day, we decide to just take some random towels off of two loungers and enjoy our day using them. Four hours later, an older couple shows up and said they had the towels there, so they kick us off with help from an attendant. That pissed me off. So every following day, I went to take the towels off of every unattended lounger after breakfast. Then I went to watch the chaos from my balcony. Many, many people complained. And by the end of the week, there was a sign that unattended towels would be removed. Success! That was our slash petty revenge. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.